This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Okay, we're starting Parshas Nitzavim 5783. So here we go. Gimel. This is the Parsha of Tshuva. And right after it says, Vishavta Ad Hashem Elkechel, you should do Tshuva to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it says this line, Vishav Hashem Elkechel Shuzchavricha Mecha. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to return your returnees, and He'll have mercy on you. Vishav Vikibetzcha Mikolamim. Then He'll go and he'll gather you together from all the nations. Sharafitzcha Hashem Elkechel Shama, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has scattered you there. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to bring you all back. The Kibbutz Gully is what we've been waiting for in some way or another. For many, many years, this Pasuk is guaranteeing that that's going to happen. That after you do tshuva, v'shavta ad Hashem lo'kecha, which is the previous Pasuk, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu will do something to bring you back into Eretz Yisrael. Now the Chizkuni says that the idea is, is that in the beginning of the Parsha, HaKadosh Baruch Hu told them they would be thrown out. That's almost like the continuation of the curses and everything that would happen to the land, etc., due to their sins. When they get better, then this Pasuk applies. When things go well, then a Kaddish Baruch brings them back. The Redvaz in Shuvis number 769 was asked why the Tochacha in Parshis Bichu Kosai has a Nechama written right next to it. There's consolation. And it says, but don't worry because this is going to happen. Parshis Kisavo has no Nechama. There's nothing after it. There's nothing like, don't worry about it, guys. Everything's going to be okay. It seems like it's still going to be bad. And he gives two answers. He says, number one, throughout the Tochacha in Kisavo, the name yud ke vav appears. The name of Rachamim. That even while all this is going on, don't worry, says Hashem. I'm with you the entire way through. It's not Elohim. It's not Midas Adin. It's not, so to speak, you know, it's something that's against everything that you stand for. Malevolent God destroying you. That's not what it is. It's the shame of Rachamim. But the second answer is that this is the Nechama. The Nechama didn't come in Parshas Kisavo. The, par- the Nechama came in Parshas Nitzavim. And that's what we're referring to over here, and that's the idea. Rav Victor Miller says it's clear. This is not referring that, to something that happened in the past, because this has never happened. Never in our history were we brought back to Israel by God. Yes, people returned. But even the people that returned, it wasn't that much. The people that came with Koresh, right in the times of Koresh, that were with Zerubbabel, the people that came with Ezra HaSofer, when Ezra brought them back from Gullus by Yisheni, right by, I should say, Gulas by Yisheni, right? And then a little, little bit later on when Nehemiah came back, there was never this mass, I, I could say, coming back kibbutz Gullus that went to Eretz Yisrael. So it hasn't happened yet. Even today, when we have many, many people that have gone back to Eretz Yisrael, we are not back yet. And a Kaddish Bar who is, it's a promise, says Victor Miller, for the future, that a Kaddish Baruch Hu is going to bring us back. And that's how the Rambam understood in Hilchus Malach and Perik Beis as well. Yes, there's an argument to be made. Is that a Kaddish Baruch Hu has to bring us back? Or do we have to bring ourselves back? That's an argument that could be made over here. The wording of the Pusik certainly indicates Vishav Hashem Elokecha, Vishav Vikibetzcha, He will get you to go back. That's certainly what it sounds like. But that's an argument to be made. The Meshech Chachma, however, says it has nothing to do with the future that we know of. It has nothing to do with the past that we've been a part of. It's referring to Tchiasa Mesim, where Yechezkel says in Semperik Lamedali Yudgimel, I will open up your graves and I'll bring you back to your land. I'm going to give you a Ruach 
and you're going to live. Those gathered from the other nations refers to the Mesim that are going to come into Eretz Yisrael. So this Pasuk is a veiled reference to Tchiasa Mesim, which is never mentioned explicitly in the Torah. We have these hints of what Tchiyas Mesim is going to be. We don't even mention in Tanakh. There's no mention. There's the idea of what Yechesko brought back the dead. We have the ideas of what our Kaddish Baruch Hu seems to say, Mesim Yikumun. And we even have the little hint in Parsha Zinu. But this is a Pusik, says the Malbim, of pure Tchiyas Mesim. Shlomo, yeah. Yeah. Not a raya, not a raya to anything. If you want, I could tell you it's the Tchias Mesim during Yemosa Mashiach. If you want, I could tell you it's happening after Yemosa Mashiach. It could be either one. It really could be anything. It's so vague, especially with the psukim around it. You could really translate it. The Ramban's version of Tchias Mesim or the double Tchias Mesim. The Rambam's version of what's going to happen at the very end. We have no idea. We re- I can't, I can't tell you. At least I don't have a good diak for it. And I didn't see anybody that mentioned that over here. Rashi says the real Really, the puzzle should have said, Veheshiv Hashem Elokecha, that he will bring them back. Veshav is a strange word, and he says, because it's not just Hashem bringing us back. He says, the Shechina Kviyachol is with us in Galus, is sitting with us in our shoals, in our Bate Medrash, in Galus itself feeling our pain and being together with us the entire time. When they're redeemed, it's as if HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself is redeemed. And he returns with them. And that's the idea of a Shav Hashem It's not that he's just going to return us. He will return. He's going to come back. And that's understood from the Gemara Megillah Chav Tesem That's where the Rashi seems to get it from. That it's Vishav and not Veheshev. Tosefes Bracha says we know that the word S sometimes means with. And therefore, you can read the Pasuk very interestingly. That Hashem will return with your returnees. He's not, he is returning. That would be But this way, means God will return with those who are returning. And that's that. Why is it necessary? Why does a Kaddish Baruch have to be with us when we're in Golos? Ayala Sashachar of Steinman says, so that we can daven and feel like a Kaddish Baruch is with us. That's the idea. That means that we feel like there's less tsar, tsar and tsaris in Golos. Because while we're sitting here and we know a Kaddish Baruch who's standing right with us, that's very, very different. A person that goes, if a child would go to a doctor on their own and get a shot, it's very different than when a parent goes with the child to the doctor to get a shot. Yes, the kid is still in pain, but knowing that the parent there is a little bit of solace, you can understand that at least there's something there for them. That's the idea. That's what the Alas Shachar says. Now, Rashi has another idea. He says the day that we're going to be gathered in from exile, the day that we're going to be brought back to Eretz Yisrael, will be difficult. It's Zipa Kaddish who needs to hold our hands and bring us back, and he has to be there the whole, hot, the whole time, not just that, I want to say this well, not just that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is necessary to bring us back because he's there with us, but because it's so difficult to do. I think we can understand this. Living in Golis as we do right now, as most of us do, it's a very difficult thing to just say, all right, I'm getting up, I'm going, I'm going to live in a land that's a little bit more difficult for me to be there. The Tsar and Yisurin that some people go through in the beginning of their Aliyah to Eretz Yisrael is very difficult. I was 
there for three weeks this year. It was not the easiest time. I loved every minute of it. Loved every single minute. But there are some things that are not always the easiest. When it's 100 degrees outside and for some reason you don't have hot water and you don't know why the municipality can't help you because it's really hard to get them to cut. Look, these things are difficult. Not impossible. And I still loved it. I can't say that there was a single second that I was like upset. But... It was cold water in 100 degree weather, which sometimes is cool. <laughs> cool, literally. But it's sometimes not even the, not always the best of where it is. That's part of that. And halavai, let that be the worst tsar and yisur that you have to go through. But regardless, that's the idea. Says Rashi, that's what it means. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is literally taking them out of their place and depositing them in our soul. But then Rashi points out the craziest thing. He says, but this word appears by the other nations as well. And no one knows how to read this Rashi. The different Akronim that speak about Rashi are like, we don't know why Rashi is bringing this up. Either it's like a question, but the truth is, this appears by other nations. It says in Yirmiya, Veshavti Shvus Moav. I'm going to go back with the Shvus Moav. And Yechesko, Veshavti Shvus Mitzrayim. I'm going to go back with the Shrine. He mentioned it by Amon as well. Nobody knows. Does that mean that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not just coming back with Klai Yisrael? He's there in their Gullus with them as well? Is it so hard? Say, Or is it an explanation? It's not about Hashem being with them, it's that it's so difficult to get people back, God has to be involved in every step of the way, whether it's Klal Yisrael, Moab, Amon, or Mitzrayim, Hashem is there with them the whole way. The Paneach Razan, Rechaim Paltiyo, means, they say, that it could be that a Kurdish Baruch himself will return those nations, and he'll be with them as he will be with us in the future. And it could also be that they're darshaning the two times it says Vishav in this passage. But the Bechor Shor points out that although it does say Vishavti, it's different by us. Here it says, Vishav Hashem Elokecha. It mentions his name, not just Hashem, but also Elokecha, that a Kaddish Baruch who is mamish with us. By them, it's Vishavti. He doesn't mention his name with those nations. He just mentions that he will be there with them. By us, it's a Kaddish Baruch who with us. The Marshal says the same thing in the Uriel Shlomo, that Hashem will be with us the entire time. But then there's two Svarim that I think both of them are amazing. The Sefer Azikaron, which is in the Yud Aleph before Shirashi, says it sounds like Rashi's arguing his own pshat, right? HaKadosh Baruch Hu can't be just with B'nai Yisrael when they return, because that would mean HaKadosh Baruch Hu will not come back with the other nations. But if this is what it means over here, then it means he is coming back with the other nations. But he says the following. He says, again, the point here is that kibbutz Goliath is difficult. And a Kaddish Baruch Hu cannot give it to Malachim. He can't give it to messengers. He can't allow others to fulfill this deal. In order to bring people back, only Hashem can do it. The Heshiv means it can be done through someone else. Vishav means it must be done by me, whether it's Vishav or Vishavti. That means it's got to be done by me. And that's true by every nation. Gathering other nations can only be accomplished by God. The difference is that Klal Yisrael had Hashem with them the whole time in Gullus, and the other nations only had Hashem with them at the end of their Gullus. He wasn't with them the whole time. That's how the Sefer Azikaron says it, a beautiful pshas. But then comes the Gorarie. He says, the Seder of the world dictates order of the world, the way the world runs, that every nation has a land that they feel comfortable in. There's a place that you feel comfortable in. Look, I've lived in Chicago for most of my life. 
aside from the eight years that I was in Eretz Yisrael, that I've lived in Chicago most of my life. I feel comfortable here. It's difficult for me to think about going somewhere else. And when job opportunities have been presented to me in the past, it's very difficult for me to think, yeah, this is going to be a better thing for me. Because it's a different city. I don't know that city. I don't know that area. And it's difficult for me to even consider it when I'm so comfortable where I am. The opposite so to speak, right? The way it is when people are exiled. When people are in Gullus, they feel like they're lost. They feel like they're somewhere where they shouldn't be. And that destroys the normal Ratzon Hashem, the order of the world, so to speak, the nature of the world, where people are comfortable where they are. When the nation returns, that fulfills the Ratzon Hashem. When a nation comes back to where it is, or the exiles are brought back to where they're from, that accomplishes God's Ratzon. And therefore, Vishavti does not mean that Hashem is returning them, whether it's He's Mamish with them, or it's hard for them and He's there. That's not what it means, says the Gorarie. Vishavti means, I am returning to the original plan, to the original idea. This is what I wanted, says the Kaddish Baruch Hu. I'm allowing everybody to be in the right place at the right time. I feel like I have been returned. My rut zone, where I want them to be, is going to be returned. That's the idea. That it means by Vishavti, by Mitzrayim, and by Moab, and by Ammon, but by B'nai Yisrael. We're Dovuk to Hashem. We're clinging, so to speak, to the honor of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and to Him. So therefore, when we're in Gullus, it's as if God came with us the entire way through. When we return, then it's literally the kavod of Hashem coming back to Eretz Yisrael. That's why by the other names, the ne- the word is, by other nations, I should say, the word Vishavti is used. But by us, it's Vishav Hashem Elokecha. It's not just the Ratzon of Hashem returning, it's God Himself returning. That's an unbelievable morale, the Gorari, that He says over here. But there are a lot of answers why the Shav is mentioned twice in this Pasuk, Vishav Hashem Elokecha. So we're going to go through a bunch of them right now. The Orachim Akar says the first part of the puzzle is not necessarily referring to B'nai Yisrael returning to the land, but the different portions of Kedusha that were captured and lost when people did terrible deeds and when they sinned and went into Gullus, that will be returned at the right time. He calls that. The word the Orachim Akar uses is Geulas Shvis Hane'elam. The hidden part that goes away. That's going to come back. The second Vishav is B'nai Yisrael themselves, and that's the Nigla. Geulas Shvis Bnei Yisrael is going to return. That's not a question. Bnei Yisrael are going to be there. They're going to be in Eretz Yisrael. But not only that, there's also going to be a hidden component that we don't even recognize. The Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael comes back. That idea that we know of called Avir de Eretz Yisrael Machakim, which may even be there now, where you go there and you feel the airspace making you wiser, making you better, helping you make better decisions if you choose to, to pull onto that, to grab it correctly. Perhaps the idea says the is, is that when all those people come back, there are two parts. The Kedusha comes back and B'nai Yisrael come back. And which one comes first? Which one precedes the other? I don't know. I don't know which one it's going to be. Is it Kedusha and then B'nai Yisrael? Is it B'nai Yisrael and then Kedusha? But both of them, and that's why it says Vishav twice. The Rabbeinu Ephraim says a lot simpler. He says, no, Vishav is mentioned twice because they'll return from Gullah's Bavel, and they did. They did return from Gullah's Bavel, and then 
Edom return from Gullus Edom Laasid Lavo. And that's going to be the future Gula, the final Gula that we have. The Rokeach says though that no, it's all referring to how they went back during Gullus Bavel. Now remember, there were two returns, possibly three, when they came back from Bavel. None of them were big. Most of the people remained in Bavel. For whatever reason, they felt that was better. But there were people that came back with Zerubbabel by the times of Korish. People that came back with Ezra HaSofer in the second year of Daryavish and Darius II's reign. And another time where Nehemiah came, but he didn't have a lot of people going back with Nehemiah as well. Those two right there are the references of what's going to happen back then and possibly this is going to happen again in the future. There is going to be two Geulahs. One Geulah is where you see Klau Yisrael going there. Klau Yisrael going into Eretz Yisrael. Starting the process of returning. Remember, if Schwab was living in the late 90s, he's seeing the Geulah of Klau Yisrael getting into Eretz Yisrael. But there will be a second Geulah. That second Geulah, that will happen at the very end, similar to what happened with Ezra HaSofer after Zerubbabel or Nehemiah after Ezra HaSofer. There will be one and that's going to be done by a Kaddish Baruch Hu in a different way. That's the idea behind it. The Rabbeinu Bechaya and Rabbeinu Yol says it's possible, it's a reference to the end of Golos that the Aseres HaShvatim and then Golos Yehuda will both come back. The Kibbutz Golos is going to be by the times of Mashiach, and therefore we know that it hasn't happened yet because the ten tribes have not yet returned. But there will be a Geula of Yehuda, a Geula of the ten tribes, and everybody will do tshuva together. That's Vishov that it will happen at those different times. So again, four different, three Rishonim in the Orachayim HaKadosh, Four different explanations as the double line of Vishov, what that is. The Tzoramor says a line about Tshuva, and this will go in a different sort of category. The Tshuva the Bnei Yisrael did at the time was out of desperation, knowing that they were in crazy pain and nothing was going well for them. As Shvuscha V'richamecha, they needed that Rachamim from Hashem. Nonetheless, even though they didn't deserve it, and the Tshuva wasn't true, the Tshuva was done out of d- desperate times, call for desperate measures, nonetheless, Shav the Kibetzcha, Hashem's going to bring you back to Eretz and gather you in in the right way. The Barbanel says the greatest line over here. And I'm sure that, like most Achronim, they applied it to their times. The Barbanel says, there are two types of Jews. There are proud Jews wearing it on their sleeves. Let everyone know that they're Jewish, even in Gullus. And there are other Jews who are Muranos who hide themselves as being Jewish, don't want anyone to let them know. And perhaps they themselves have forgotten that they're Jewish. I have a crazy story where I did a funeral for somebody who had a... a, It was an uncle of someone who was in Skokie Yeshiva a few years prior. And this happened maybe 10 years ago. And I said, it's a good experience for the base Medrash guys. I brought in about 12 base Medrash guys to make a minion for this guy to be buried. And I went there. He was a a serviceman in the U.S. Army, unfortunately was not from at all and did not have, mentally he wasn't there. Something happened to him in the war and the Vietnam War and he was no longer there. It was amazing to see the folding of the flag ceremony if anybody's ever seen that before. That was pretty amazing. But the craziest thing, without any other details, is that this guy had a sister and that sister was obviously a Jewish woman married to an African-American man with two kids who were clearly African-American. 
clearly. Ever. They, she was their mother. But they did not look like white Jews at all. They did not look Jewish at all. They did not have anything, right? And both of them were right there at the funeral. They were fully Jewish. Their mom is Jewish. But there's no way they have any clue that they're Jewish. They have absolutely no idea. And they go, I asked, they go to a public school on the west side of Chicago. What chance is there? And they wouldn't let me anywhere near them. I couldn't go anywhere. Every time I went close, someone else came by. I kept trying to say, but you're Jewish, but you're Jewish, and nothing, absolutely nothing. Even when he had the Sudas Havra later, I kept trying, nothing, absolutely nothing. I tried getting their numbers, nothing, absolutely nothing. Whatever, that, what can you do, right? But these are, that's what I think about. Whenever I think of this, obviously in the times of the Barbanel, we're talking about the Muranos, because he lived in 1492. He was there. He was the only Jew allowed to keep his religion in the Spanish Inquisition. The Inquisitors didn't have anything to do with him. They wouldn't allow that. But for everybody else, he saw that there were some Jews who left and wore it on their sleeves and died for it, and the others who hid themselves and forgot that they were Jewish. This, in our times, you can tell there are those who are willing to show their Jewishness proudly, who are willing to go ahead and say, I'm Jewish, I've got a kippah, I've got tzitzis, I make myself look like I'm a Jew. And there are others who don't even know they're Jewish. That any of you told them that, they wouldn't believe you. They would have no connection whatsoever. And you see them, they're right there, and they're just gone. That, says the Abarbanel, is what we're talking about. Those that are captive in Gullus, right? Who can't do what they want to do. Kaddish Baruch is going to give them mercy. He's going to make sure that you have everything. But there's others. He's going to gather you people from the other nations that you have no idea that you're... you're I don't want to say Ben Acher Ben. Ben Acher Bas Acher Bas Acher Bas Acher Bas Acher Bas going all the way back to Moshe Rabbeinu that there are some people like that they'll be gathered from the other nations the way they are. He says, they weren't sovel, the same tsaros, that the rest of the Jews were dealt with in Gullus. Nobody knew they were Jewish. It's an amazing idea. The Miam Lois also brings this Abarbanel, says it a little bit differently from the Abarbanel himself, but that idea is right there. The Meshachachma says something similar, but a little bit differently. And I think, honestly, because the Meshachachma was living at a different time. The first refers to the Jews in Gullus that want to move to Eretz Yisrael. And the second, right, are the ones that are living comfortably, have no desire to leave. There's nothing to do. They, they have nothing to do. Like, yeah, you tell them Mashiach is here. They're like, that's great for those people that want that. Me, I'm still waiting for the Cubs to win another World Series. That's the other person. And he's super happy the way he is. And he's good. I don't need to move. I'm okay. I'm fine the way I, the way I am and what I'm doing over here. Those, even them, they will be brought back by a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Even then, they, you'll have people that will be there. The Menachem Tzion talks about the Menachem Z- Rav uh, Zaks. He speaks about this as well. The two different returnees from exile. Some will be easy and some will be hard. But a Kaddish Baruch Hu is involved with all of them. And again, the Nitziv also goes through the process. It's almost like an Evua, he's saying. That... First, the nations of the world will pressure the Jews to go. And they'll say, I think this is a good idea. They're going to allow them. But then the 
floodgates will open and everybody will go back, fill up the land, and that's Vishav Vikibetzcha. Similar again to Bayis Shani, where Darius II encouraged them, encouraged the people to go. Not everybody went, 37,000, 26,000, whatever the numbers are, but they ended up going, and from there, eventually, the final Geula will happen. That's the idea. The Malbim, Naksaba, Kabbalah, they all have the same basic answer in the same vein, right, but around different little bits and differences over here. Rav Schwab says all of this is hinted to by Rashi. The first parish that the Shechina is with us refers to the first part of the Pasuk. The second part that Hashem will hold our hands and take us out Himself are referring to the second part of the Pasuk. Meaning, those Jews who have it easy easy, I shouldn't say easy, who find their Jewishness easy, who want to be Jewish, who wear their kippahs, who make sure that people know that they're Jewish. It's very hard for me to hide my Jewishness wherever I go. I got the beard, I got the nose, I got the ears. Thank you, Hitler Yimachshimo, for saying that also is a sign. I've got everything going for me. It's very hard for me to be, what do you mean? I'm just a regular businessman, right? That doesn't work. It just doesn't work anymore. I've got the look, and that's the way it is. Schwab is saying those first people are going to have the Shechina with them in Gullus. They find their way to Shul. They find their way to a base measure. They find their way to the right things that they're supposed to do. That's the first. There are others who are going because a Kaddish Baruch who gathers them in. That a Kaddish Baruch who literally grabs their hand and takes them out from wherever they are and drags them over to Eretz Yisrael. All of them will be right there. And that may answer the question we asked above as well. What is that Kaddish Baruch Hu doing with the other nations? Why does it say the Shavti by Mitzrayim and Moab and Ammon? And the answer is because there are Jews lost in those nations. Among the Moabim, whoever they are, and the Ammonim, whoever they are, and the Mitzrayim, whoever they are, if they are the Egyptians today. There are Jews hidden among them. And they don't know they're Jewish. And there, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to take them out, this Shavti, and I will return. It doesn't mean Hashem is going to return all of Mitzrayim. It doesn't mean Hashem is going to return all of Moab or Ammon. HaKadosh Baruch first of all, as a time out, even the line, how is Hashem returning Moab and Ammon if that land is going to be Eretz Yisrael for the Jews? How is he going to return them? And the answer is, he's, according to Rav Schwab, he's not returning them. He's returning the Jews among those nations. And that's Vishafti. I'm with them. I'm not with everybody in that nation. I'm with the Jews that are there. That's an unbelievable Rav Schwab that kind of puts everything together. The Rashi's together, together with the Kashas we had in Rashi, and then understanding the double Lushan of Vishav, the way the Abarbanel, the Meshachachma, and the Nitziv seem to understand, as well as the Tzorah Mor. That's the idea behind it. The Drushas Aran, as well as the Abarbanel, say that they both say that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to cause us first to have Chain and Chesed in the eyes of the nation. They're going to ease our burden, similar to what the Nitziv said a little bit, take away our taxes and things, and then there's going to be a Geula Shleimi to come back. That's why it says, V'shav favorable V'richamcha, and then you'll have that. But the Ksav Sofer wonders, and he says the following, it's the Ksav Sofer's son. He wonders, why does it have to be in two stages? If we deserve the Geula, let it happen immediately and everybody all at once. 
It has to be first one and then the other. Where does that come from? Why would a Kaddish Baruch wait for this and say this? So he says the following. It's clear, he says, that there are many different ways for Jews to do tshuva. For us to come back to a Kaddish Baruch and find our path to get close to a Kaddish Baruch One of them is when we're in so much pain, we literally have no choice but to call out to God. Where we're in a state where the doctors are telling us there's zero hope. I have nothing I can do. There's trials and tests, but I have nothing else that I can possibly give you. And that's way you call out to Hashem and you say, you're the last hope that I have. And that's that. That only works if the tshuva lasts past the sickness and the refuah. If the tshuva doesn't last afterward, if you get better, and then you say, God, thank you, I worked it out on my own. The doctors found a way to save me. Apparently, I didn't need you in the first place. If that's what you do, then you lost everything. If you regret the tshuva that you did that brought you to that point, you lost everything for, for, for all time. And says the Ksav Sofer, maybe that's why the Gula is not immediate. The Gula is not immediate because a Kaddish Baruch Hu brings people back with the thoughts of tshuva and then sees, are you willing to stay that way? Or are you going to go back to your original ways? What do you think? Where are you? You think you're doing that. Are you doing the right thing? Or are you just living your life the way it's supposed to be lived? And you say like, okay, it worked for me then to do tshuva. Right now, it's not working for me to do tshuva. So I'm not going to do it anymore. For that reason, says the Ksav Sofer, if we stay with the tshuva movement after we start with it, then God will come and join us and bring everybody back. But if we try it, take it for a little bit, and then take advantage of it, then Akadosh Baruch Hu says, it wasn't worth it in the first place. And I don't want to say it wasn't worth it. It's always worth it to do even one mitzvah. But in some way, that'll be out there. Oh my gosh, that's a scary thing to think about. If a person is saying to themselves that my reason, I, I don't even want to say it this way, but a person is saying to themselves, I, I'm going to make Aliyah for the purpose of, simply put, just to to be there. I feel like it'll improve me. I'll get better. And then the person gets worse in Eretz Yisrael, that they become less of a tzaddik than they were beforehand. That is horrific. Is that something that Akash Baruch has to work with? I don't even know what to say about something like that. If Eretz Yisrael is not the do well, get better place for you, it might be better never to have gone in the first place. That's scary as anything. And I don't know if that's a true statement, if that's just a, a, a supposition of, of the Ksav Sofer. I have absolutely no idea. But that's a scary part. The Chafetz Chaim once saw, there was visited, uh, he was visited by a battalion of soldiers, Jewish soldiers. A couple weeks ago, we mentioned how the Chafetz Chaim always looked out for the soldiers, right? The soldiers that were in the Tsar's army to make sure they had kosher food, etc., did everything he could. So a bunch of soldiers were passing by Radin. They asked permission to be able to visit the Rav. They immediately put a suda together. They got the tables together and whatever it is, and they brought them all there, right? They seated everyone around, and the soldiers were given anything they could want at the table. Then the Chavetz Chaim got up to speak, and he said the following. He says, Rabbi Yisai, you should know that you're all beloved to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You've been captured, and if you're captured, then Hashem is with you in the captivity. Right? Just like our Pasuk says, V'shav Hashem shvuscha Not only that, said the Chavetz Chaim, but Hashem uses both names here. Hashem and Elokecha. 
because you're experiencing midas ad-din, that you're forced into the Tsar's army without wanting to be there, but yet still receiving rachamim, because the Kaddish Baruch Hu is making sure you're not seeing the war front, or you're not seeing this, or you're not getting involved in whatever it is. May a Kaddish Baruch Hu, right, keep showing you the rachamim that you have and save you from all dangerous situations. He used this Pusik to explain that it doesn't just refer to the future Geula. It also can apply to anyone in their current situation that requires a Geula. What we say, see our affliction, fight our fights, you should redeem us, that's what we're asking. We're asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu to be the redeemer of Israel even in the stuff that we have now. Now, there is a Chidah. The Chidah says refers to the sparks of Kedusha that are lost throughout the land. The Nitzotzos HaKedusha that were lost in Gullus, captured by the Sitra Achra. The truth is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not Chayiv to return us a second time. We don't really deserve it. If a woman is captured, then her husband is Chayiv to free her and take her out of captivity. But if the woman gets captured again, then the husband is no longer Chayiv to redeem her a second time. To save us out of Gullus Bias Rishon, and to take us back from Bavel was a chiyuv of a Kaddish Baruch Hu our, by our marriage contract at Har Sinai. But to save us again is not a chiyuv. It's only by pure rachamim, says the chidah, that a Kaddish Baruch Hu is going to save us again and bring us back. However, I'm sorry? I don't know if you can call that a full geula because technically that was during Gullus Bavel, right? So if anything, the geula was after that. There was... Oh, remarriage me Kimu Vikiblu? But we didn't get the first Gula in the first. He didn't save us yet. Like, it wasn't even, you didn't get the Gula. You can't even call Mitzrayim because they were out of Mitzrayim and then they received the Torah. The first time that the marriage contract worked to bring us back was after Purim. So I don't know, I, that's sort of like a renewal of the vows, you know, something like that, that allowed them to come together. They had that. So it looks like it's the, it's the opposite idea. But, says the Chidah, it's possible it only works through Tshuva. Because Vishav Ad Hashem and then Hashem will bring you back. It's almost like you have to do that Hisorus Milasata. The Hisorus down here, and then Akadosh Baruch Hu is waking up above. Because again, it's not a Chiyuv. So Akadosh Baruch Hu says, I'm waiting for you, and when you do something, then I'll be willing to give it back. The Igritikala says there are two sparks of Kedusha that have been lost over time. The first is scattered sparks that allows for B'nai Israel to gather the craziest Kedusha in the most far-flung places. And we've been everywhere. Every Jew has been around. Just ask anybody who left the army in the Tzahal after a while and where they've went. They've gone everywhere. There's not a place in the world that I don't think a Jew has walked in and hopefully brought back Kedusha to Klai Yisrael. The second is what we do through our sins, including Sheikh Vazir Levatola, that's lost. This causes us to have gullus to fix our sins instead of going into gullus to collect the sparks of Kedusha that we need. That, he says, is hinted to over here as well. Shvuscha are the sparks lost through our veros. Hafitzcha is a spark scattered that allows us to do the mitzvahs that we need to do. That Yelis Shachar adds this, that as time goes on, there have been more and more Hester Punim from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which causes many things which were common back in the day not to happen to us anymore. The most common thing that we could say was back in the day all over the place, but no longer by us, Shadim, Dibukim, 
Things like that, says the El Shachar. Rechaim Velazhin said, we're no longer able to see Hashem. So we no longer have the ability to see those Shadim and Mazikin. We don't have great Gaonim that they had 500 years ago or 1,000 years ago or 2,000 years ago. We don't have them. So we don't have the ability to see things that they, with their holy eyes, were able to see. The idea behind it. He gives a famous thing. The Chazanish says, we all know that if women step on nail clippings that are on the ground, they could be mapil chas that they could lose their baby. Right? The Chazanish says, it doesn't apply anymore. It doesn't apply anymore. Why? Because we no longer understand that type of tumor. We don't have it, says the Chazanish. It doesn't exist in our world today. I used this Chazanish once. A lady called me up crying, crying, hysterical. She was, her, she lived in an apartment building. They shared a laundry with their downstairs neighbor, and the downstairs neighbor liked cutting his nails, right, and threw the clippings on the floor. And she stepped on them. She went barefoot one time, and she stepped on them when she was on the floor. She called me up hysterical. She was pregnant, seven and a half months pregnant with a baby. And I told her the Chazunish. I said, the Chazunish says you have nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about. That's not a problem. Aside from that, it was probably, you know, pushed around a little bit, so it's not in the exact place, whatever. Regardless, but this Chazunish is something you can have. We don't have it anymore. We know everything in the world and where it is. You can use Google Maps. You'll find everything except for certain parts of Iran, right? You'll have everything right there on Google Maps. You can see everything. How have we not found the River Sambation yet? The River Sambation, where the 10 exiles, where the 10 tribes are supposed to be behind, and where that, that, where is it? How can we not see it? If Gan Eden is on earth, and Hashem says it's here, there is a Gan Eden on earth that is connected to the physical land. How do we not see it? We should be able to see it. It should be there. Where is this Atlantis that they all speak of? Right? Where could that be? And the answer is, Kaddish Baruch Hu is literally closing our eyes. And there will be a time where Kaddish Baruch Hu, all of a sudden, you're going to look at the earth and you're going to be like, how did I never notice this? It was right here the whole time. You ever had that when you lost something? And then all of a sudden, you're like, it's right there in front of you, right? And you're just like, it's right here. How did I not see it? That's what it's going to be like. It's all of a sudden, everything's there. There were some tzaddikim that so they had such belief that Mashiach was coming that they knew that it could come at any time, that it was part of their belief system. Remendel of Itepsk was one of those people. He mamish believed any time. He would have someone near his bed whenever he slept, which if you know most Hasidic Rebbe's, not very much. But he had a guy standing by his bed that if he heard the chauffeur of Mashiach, he should wake him up immediately. As if Menachem Mendel of wouldn't wake up by the chauffeur blast. That he didn't want to be a second late. So he had a guy standing up, staying up, waiting for the chauffeur blast. Just wake me up at that second and tell me right there. I do the same, by the way. That's what I tell my wife every night. Just, just stand there awake, wait for that chauffeur blast, and tell me when it happens. I don't know if she listens. I'm pretty sure she does. But I'm pretty sure. I'm not positive. That's that. Rav Simcha Barim of Shischa, he once was davened. He davened aloud to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, said, you promised us that Mashiach will only come in a generation that's Kulo Zakai, all good, O Kulo Chayev, all bad. It's a Gemara. It's an Hedron, a couple Gemara, okay? It's a Gemara, San Hedron, Sarichas, right? Clearly, we're not Kulo Zakai, right? Clearly, we're not going to be Kulo Zakai. We probably never will be. How are we going to have everybody that's done mitzvos and we're done? That's not going to happen. So it must be you're waiting for a door that's Kulo Chayev. But HaKadosh Baruch the problem is there's a couple Yoreim and Shleimim that can't do sins and are sitting in the base medrash all day and learning Torah and davening. So 
Because of them, we're not Kulo Chayev. And because of them, you're holding back Mashiach? He said, why do you care if a couple of guys are learning? Just bring about Mashiach. We're Kulo Chayev, except for six people. <laughs> Let those six people do their thing, and everybody else is Kulo Chayev. So you should bring Mashiach. That was the idea that he said over there. It obviously didn't work. But the idea was still there. The concept was still there. And although we don't understand it, there's always that magnet that brings us back, that Shiva that brings us back to Akash Baruch, who's a great story. Tubcha Yabiu, this is where Zilberstein brings a story told to him from a Swiss man who was in touch with a, who was in touch with a couple who wanted to be Megayer. So the couple came to them. And like any Bayesian, this is what they do. They push the people off and they push them off and they push them off and push them off. And the Swiss couple could not take no for an answer. They kept saying, no, we want to be Jewish. No, we want to, they kept pushing and pushing and pushing. So usually these Bayesians take a year and a half about to go through. They ignore the phone call on purpose, whatever, if you know somebody who's a potential gear and you know that it's taken them a long time and a difficult time to be Maguire, know that they're doing it on purpose. They want to know that you're serious. They don't just take people. We don't just take people. We want to know that you're absolutely serious. So it did. It took a really, really long time. Eventually, they were brought to a kosher mikvah. They tovled properly. They got bris milah for the guy, obviously. And everything was all good. They converted properly. Soon after that, the man's mother was dying. And he went to her deathbed, and on her deathbed, she brought him close and said, I want you to know, I'm Jewish. I have always been Jewish, and I hid from everyone after the war, after World War II. Obviously, the guy meant he was never a gear, right? And that's that. The man had to sit Shiva now when his mother passed away. He's a Jewish man. This is not a gear anymore. He had to sit Shiva. He's sitting Shiva. They covered the mirrors in the house, which was, you know, obviously it still is the custom. And then his mother-in-law walked in, his wife's mother. She comes in and she says, I remember doing this when I was a child and my grandfather passed away. She remembered that herself. She herself was Jewish, which meant that the wife was Jewish as well, right? Both of them were 100% Jewish. They came out, Turned out both of them were Jewish. And they asked Ashila, what do we do about the brachos levatala that we made when we were Megayer? We, we weren't Megayer. They didn't have to be Megayer whatsoever, right? And that's that. But Rizilbershin said, it doesn't matter. The sock doesn't matter what they ended up doing. Right? It was tshuva or something. I don't know, Hail Mary. But whatever they did, right? At the end of the day, the, con- the, the idea is that, said Rav Zilberstein, their Jewish souls pushed them to convert. That HaKadosh Baruch who places it within them even when they didn't need to. The only question that remained was what they had to do. But their Jewish souls were so pushed. HaKadosh Baruch can do this at any point. Anybody could have that his orus, that awakening within them that makes them go back. Whether they're FFBs and they just need to get a little bit better or they're BTs or BAs, either way, born-agains, those are the different ones, right? Who come in and they're just like, we want it so badly. It changes everything when there's something behind it, when there's HaKadosh Baruch who's behind everything. We'll stop with that, guys. Have a great Shabbos.